This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, July 5th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in Science Advances, titled Reducing Opioid Use Disorder and Overdose Deaths in the United States. This study used a system dynamic simulation model looking at the impact of 11 different strategies on the prevalence of opioid use disorder and fatal opioid overdoses from the years 2022 to 2032. The study found that three strategies saved the most lives. The first involved reducing the risk of opioid overdose from fentanyl use, which may be achieved through fentanyl-focused harm reduction services. The second involved increasing naloxone distribution to people who use opioids. And finally, the third involved recovery support for people in remission. Next is a study in JAMA Network Open, titled Analysis of Access to Prescription Data Management Programs Data for Research. This cross-sectional study examined the availability of prescription drug management programs data, finding that 23 states permit access to de-identified prescription drug management programs data for research purposes, while 16 states permit linking that data for research purposes, and nine states permit the use of an honest broker system to link de-identified data to electronic health records. Only Hawaii permits interstate data sharing for research purposes. The authors argue that increasing access to prescription drug management programs data will greatly improve the data quality. As a result, current policy reformation is necessary. A new study in the American Journal of Medicine is titled Association of Medication-Assisted Therapy with New Onset of Cardiac Arrhythmia in Patients Diagnosed with Opioid Use Disorders. The study used data of patients newly diagnosed with opioid use disorder, finding that only 14% of those patients received medication-assisted therapy in the year after diagnosis. The study found that alcohol misuse was less common in the group of patients receiving medication-assisted therapy. The study also found that incidence of arrhythmias was highest in those receiving naltrexone and lowest in those receiving buprenorphine. The authors suggest that buprenorphine be first-line therapy for patients with cardiovascular conditions. Our next article in the Journal of Addiction Medicine is titled An Exploration of Young Adults with Opioid Use Disorder and how their perceptions of family members' beliefs affects medication treatment. This qualitative study examined 20 young adults between 18 and 29 years of age, half of whom had a family history of substance use disorder. The study found that some in the study with family history of the disorder had negative attitudes as a result, increasing their feelings of shame about developing the same disease. More than half of those surveyed had families with negative views of medication treatment. However, about one-third of the families were supportive of medication treatment. The authors suggest clinicians take a more detailed family history of their patients and that clinicians should educate families about the benefits of medication treatment. Next, we have an article in The Lancet titled, From Drug Prohibition to Regulation, a Public Health Imperative. In this commentary, the authors advocate for the harm reduction measures taken during the pandemic to be expanded or made permanent. This accelerated action can reduce the health risks associated with drug use. The authors call for harm reduction and other proven public health interventions to be center stage of a new regulation-based approach to drug treatment. 
A new study in the Lancet Psychiatry is titled Racial and Ethnic Differences in Alcohol, Cannabis, and Illicit Substance Use Treatment. This systematic review examined 50 articles that met inclusion criteria. Nine of those articles found significant differences in substance use treatment outcomes for minority racial and ethnic populations. Of these nine articles, four reported that Black participants had poorer treatment retention rates, and three reported poorer retention rates for Latinx participants compared to white participants. The authors underscore the need for optimization of randomized control trials to inform the design, delivery, and dissemination of treatment to historically excluded communities. Our final article, titled Impact of the Tips from Former Smokers' Anti-Smoking Media Campaign on Youth Smoking Behaviors and Anti-Tobacco Attitudes, is in Nicotine and Tobacco Research. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention launched a Tips from Former Smokers media campaign with significant success among adults. This study examined the campaign's impact among youth. The study did not find any statistical impact between campaign exposure and the parameters of smoking susceptibility, past 30-day smoking, first cigarette initiation, or daily smoking initiation. However, the study did find that 12th graders exposed to anti-tobacco ads reported an increase in anti-tobacco attitudes. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.